Welcome to the Tall Poppies podcast. To find out more about our guests or the content of the program, including information about the musical excerpts, visit our website at tall-poppies.com. Brendan O'Shea welcoming you to this short edition of the Tall Poppies podcast with the Brisbane-born musician Brett Dean. I know I'm Australian when I hear cricket on the radio. That that really sort of chimes in in a way that, that nothing else does. In just two decades, the musician Brett Dean has risen from being an orchestral violist who once wrote music on the side to one of the world's most celebrated composers. In fact, Brett Dean's music is championed internationally by orchestras and leading conductors, including Simon Rattle, Andres Nielsens, Simone Young and Daniel Harding. Brett grew up and was educated in Brisbane before moving to Germany in 1984, where he became a member of that prestigious music ensemble, the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra. It was back in 1988 that he first began composing, initially working on experimental film and radio projects, but also as an improvising performer. Brett remained with the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra for 15 years, but returned to Australia in the year 2000 to concentrate on his growing compositional activities. There he was also director of the Australian National Academy of Music in Melbourne until 2010. Brett says a lot of his inspiration comes from having shared his life with a creative artist. His wife, Heather, is a painter. Well, with many compositional commissions in the pipeline, Brett still continues to perform as a violist. Incidentally, he's also written a concerto for that instrument and is also a busy conductor. However, in the midst of this remarkably full career, I did manage to catch up with Brett Dean one winter morning in his Berlin studio. Brett Dean, first of all, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> Been away for so many years, since 1984. When you think of Australia, what do you think of? I think of warmth, mangoes, cricket and possibility. Bowen mangoes by any chance? <laughs> yeah, Kens- Kensington Prides they're called nowadays, but yeah. <laughs> Only Kensington Prides. And when do you know you're an Australian? I, I know I'm Australian when I hear cricket on the radio. That that really sort of chimes in in a way that that nothing else does. And I'd like to go back to actually 84. Now, I'm wondering how it came about that you decided on Berlin. You know, somebody with your abilities as a viola player that made it into the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra. You could have gone to London. You could have gone to New York. Was it Carrion that perhaps brought you here? Not carry on specifically, but it was certainly something to do with the, the, the style of music making and, and the energy of music making here. But it was specifically uh, a viola player called Wolfram Christ, who was teaching here at the Hochschule, in fact, just across the road from here in Hardenbergstrasse. And it's kind of ironic that I'm now in a studio that's only a few feet away from where I first turned up and had to enrol and all of that. 
But yeah, it was through meeting Wolfram Christ in Australia at the time he was married to an Australian. And that was the connection, really. Of course, the Berlin you landed in, in 84, is a very different Berlin to today. Of course, that's stating the obvious. But there is, of course, that, that wall still existed. There was the Hans Eisler Conservatorium on one side of the wall, the Udika, the University of the Arts, on this yeah. side. How much contact did you have with the East in those days? Well, my wife Heather and I, I mean, she came here as a visual artist, and so we were at the same Hochschule in different faculties. And she and I actually had the great fortune of getting to know a family on the other side of the wall, again through Australian friends here. Uh, and we met the family of Rosie Starker, who was a prima ballerina of the comic opera ballet. So through that connection, we saw had a glimpse of East Berlin and East Germany that a lot of West Berliners didn't know about. Uh, we were regular guests at Rosie's place and, you know, the, the sort of traipsing back to Friedrichstrasse and crossing the border just prior to midnight before, you know, all, all pumpkins, <laughs> <laughs> all carriages turned to pumpkins or whatever. That was part of those early uh, years and our early experiences of living in this divided city. So... You know, we really did experience that, and that was incredibly telling. I mean, above all, over on that side, there was just this this incredibly close knit community around around Rosie in particular, and and the arts community especially, but also you know generally people gathered and talked. And any chance in a relatively undangerous way to meet Westerners and to talk with them was incredibly vital to people over there. Otherwise, all they had to go on was Western television, which was also monitored at schools. They would check with kids whether they'd been watching certain Western programs, and and that would then lead to a reprimand for the parents and retraining or God knows what. So, you know, we were very aware of its divided status in in a very palpable way, and you know, we were standing in that queue at Friedrichstrasse on many an occasion, being sort of checked out by these young, often pimply folks, <laughs> politicisten and, yeah. and so on. Composer, violist and conductor Brett Dean there. If you'd like to hear the full edition of this podcast, do visit our website at tool-poppies.com don't forget, if you'd like to find out some more about the Tool Poppies series, do drop by our website at tool-poppies.com or send us an email. The address is easy, info at tool-poppies.com. Tool Poppies, the podcast, was put together in Berlin and made possible through the support of the Australian Embassy in Germany. It was nice to have you with us today. I'm Brendan O'Shea, and I look forward to welcoming you to our next Tall Poppies podcast very soon. Mm-hmm.